Let me tell y'all a story, man. When I was um, in sixth grade, right, I went to this school called Elmore Park. And um, I came from a school called Raleigh, Egypt. And let me tell you the difference between Raleigh, Egypt and Elmore Park. Gangs. Gangs. Minorities. Lots of black people. Trouble. Nothing really good came from uh, Raleigh, Egypt, so you would think. But me and my siblings went there, and then, um, well, the crime had gotten so bad, and things had gotten so bad, my mom, like, wanted to drop everything and, like, up and move us to a new house and a new area, and she sacrificed a lot to make that happen because she did not want us growing up in that environment. It was that kind of environment. Like, my mom's not a runner, okay? She had us when she was 15. Like, I, she had me when she was 15. I got an older sister by a year and a half, so you do the math on that. Um, but my mom never ran, and so she had crazy heart. Like, she could have had an abortion with my sister. She never did it. Um, she could have used the excuse of her mom being hooked on crack when she turned. By, by the time she was 12, she had to start raising herself. Uh, she was never a hoe. She was never a, a handout. She was never a freeloader. She was always smart, always a survivor. And um, so when it's her turn around, right, to, to give us what she never had, she goes to the extreme. So I can remember two or three times, three or four times, five or six times. Oh, wait, I went to a 13 different schools by the 11th grade. Um, I, and um, I, I went to one school for three years. I went to another school for a year and a half. And I did a, another full year at a school. So it, basically what I'm saying is um, like 10 out of those times was before sixth grade. You know what I mean? Uh, so that, that's a lot. That's just telling you a lot. Uh, anyway, so then I went to a school um, that was very different than that. It was not Raleigh, Egypt. It was Elmer Park. And on my first day of school, okay, out here in the school, all white people, I counted, there was 32 black people at my school, I was one of them. And I had just come from that city school, which I didn't think was that bad, it was just what it was, as I went to the elementary. So my older sister, she did a year and a half, uh, maybe she didn't even finish a full year at the middle school, but my mom had to transfer her to another school nearby. And I almost had to send her to private, private school because it was just a lot. Anyway. I go there, everything's supposed to be perfect, right? We're out here, all white people, very few blacks. And the blacks that are out here, they are very good at acting what one would call white. Um, it's so hard for them to be black, they put their ways to, side, uh, to the side completely and conform in the other way. So I was out there basically by myself. I mean, there was a few brothers that had kind of done that, kind of gotten whitewashed, but they were very excited to have one of their own at the school. So I became popular. Um, a lot of people were just staring at me or thought I was cool because I was different looking, right? My back-to-school shoes were Air Force Ones instead of, like, Hush Puppies and Beaver Creeks and Birkenstocks. Um, anyway, so I'm on the school bus. I'm feeling fresh as hell. Like, I just went to the school. There's girls, white girls. First time really, like, seeing and mingling with them. Met this girl named Cassidy Capshaw in sixth grade. I told her her eyes looked like glass, and I meant it. She thought it was game. She thought it was, like, a major compliment. I was like, your eyes look like glass. It's crazy. She had blue eyes. Like, I never been that close to a white person to like look at their eyes like that, right? So it was 
That's that's what it was like. So it kind of sounds like Africa, but I promise it wasn't. You know, where we stayed at before, it was a diverse neighborhood. Um, I lived around a ton of white people, but the school I was zoned to was not very white. Because uh, the people that lived where I lived sent their kids to private school. Anyway, we get there on the first day of school, man. I'm coming back. There's this kid on the bus in eighth grade. Um, I know he do drugs. He brags about it. He, he talks about his granddad being in the KKK, like out of nowhere because people started just liking me on the bus i'm in sixth grade okay i'm sitting in the back of the bus i'm in sixth grade i didn't think none of it because i didn't know where else to sit it wasn't a thing but i was like i'm not sitting in the front with the you know the kids i sit in front of the bus so i'm going to the back of the bus and everybody had the questions for me and i was it was well received well these two racist kids did not like it there's one kid he's really landed on me. he's talking about me he's talking about me i'm letting him talk right i told him to watch his mouth which he started talking more when he said that i don't know why i said watch your mouth like i was his dad but that's what i said watch your mouth because i'd always been told watch your mouth before you got popped right before you get that ass whooping mom let you know you better watch your mouth before i beat your ass and uh i guess my instincts was to tell him to watch his mouth um and uh so my dad said it too on the phone i could be talking we'd be cracking jokes watch your mouth oh okay i'm back in line cool so he needed to get back in line but he didn't so he started roasting or trying to roast start talking about my clothes calling me ghetto and i was like boy i know you ain't calling nobody ghetto with yo and i just i mean i went in on the kid everybody on the bus was laughing it was dying laughing it was like <laughs> i'm gonna play it back in my head i probably like when i when i got the audience going i started giving him the business right Anyway, I said something about his mom being what we, what you know, we're roasting on the bus, and um, these guys are bigger than me, and uh, so they think, and they are older than me, and I hear them before we get off the bus. My mom just died from cancer. I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm coming by your house three o'clock, like Stu said an appointment. He's coming by my house, kick, kick my ass. It was like three thirty, actually, or four thirty. That school got out madly. I think the school got out at like four. 405 or something so he was like he'd be at the house by five o'clock you know he set the appointment which was new for me because where i'm from when the black kids or the mexican kids fought at my school it was right there like you square up right now to the death let's get it you know what i mean it was it was quick but this guy was like i'm gonna i'm gonna come back so i was like wow so i'm laughing right because one i just won this exchange now he mad he told me he want to fight but you know i'm thinking he's selling wolf tickets because he just don't know what to do well, I'm starting to think about it. Like, I wonder was this dude serious? Because I'm thinking he couldn't possibly be serious. Because who the hell sets an appointment to fight? Like, you're going to give me time to strategize? You're going to go home and, like, practice your moves? Like, so what's going on? So as the time gets closer, I'm like, Mom, you know, when I was, uh, I got off the bus. Then this kid, we got them telling her a story, right? She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's listening. I'm like, and so he I'm talked about his mom. Um, you know, everybody was laughing. So she, she listening to me. This is my first day of school. This is what's happening. So, um... And she's listening to me. And when I get through telling her that, you know, he said he'll be here at 3.55 and we're going to throw hands. Like, and she looks at me and she goes, and you better beat his ass, too. (laughs) At that point, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so now I'm amped up again. Okay, I just finished laughing, telling my mom's story, but now I got to get amped up again because okay if this fight's going down like now i not only have to like be in the situation like i gotta go out here and like win that exchange too right so i just think about that and it's and it's crazy today because i feel like my mentality 
has always been, and you better beat his ass too. Like, he came over to my house, my first day of school. I'm undersized. We didn't ran out here, basically. You know what I mean? We ain't running, but I look at it that way because I could have, I think if I would have went to the school, I'm just thinking nobody was going to make me join the gang. Like, but it would have been a lot of trouble that I would have had to go through to just not join the gang. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been a lot of trouble to go through just on a daily basis that wasn't about just joining the gang or not. Just terrible influences over and over again because they have terrible, terrible influences at home. And so my mom moved us. You know, we weren't running. Um, I think I was strong enough to fight. When I say run, I said it's running, right? We run from out there, that environment, to a whole new set of problems. Like the first day of school, you come home, this racist kid, calling your son a nigger on the bus, telling him his granddad's a KKK, he'd hang me, all this shit, right? First day, this is what the kids wants to go to. So... Um, this is he keeps cracking jokes like this, and my response is to talk about what he's wearing, you know, clown him like with my words. And then this kid wants to fight me, and I'm like, God, I didn't even get, I didn't have to go through this at my other school. I mean, we fought, don't get me wrong, um, but it was like sometimes you know you go in the bathroom and you fight for fun, like it was like double WWE time in the bathroom, you know, and we all get in trouble for that in the bathroom. But and that was like up until like fourth grade. After that, he was throwing hands over something that was like serious, you know, like. Uh, some girl came in the, the locker room or came in the cafeteria one time. I was in like fifth grade. She just like pushed me in my head like two or three times. And I didn't really know why she did that, but she just came in the cafeteria and just did that. And uh, I was always able to speak real well. So like a lot of black people used to like not like me because they thought I thought I was smart because of how I just sounded. Right. Um, and so I got picked on a lot for that. But I was always real good with my words. So I was known for roasting people like don't come at me, bro. That's my mind. That's like my motto. Don't come at me, bro. Like, come at me, bro. Like, don't come at me, bro. Because I will take the gun off safety. I'm like, show you. I prefer. I, I'm this way because I choose to be. I promise you, you're not tougher than me. So, this kid comes over and he's. I'm standing out there and my mom is like, watching me, fight for, you know, what I had to. And if I didn't fight, I was gonna have to deal with her. You get what I mean? So, like, being afraid was not an option. But I was undersized. And I wasn't filled with hate. Like, this kid, he, he hated me, right? He hated me off top. Because I was black. Because everything, because he was taught to hate me. He just hated me, right? He's fighting me with a purpose. Like, I've offended his mom. I'm black. He's going to kill that nigger. Like, you know, that's that's what it is. And I'm out there, like, trying to just get in the mental state of about to be in a fight with this older kid that now I've been informed, of course, by his friend that was hyping that he fights Taekwondo. And I'm like, man, I t- sent my mom that flyer. She did not send me to that place. And I'm, I'm just thinking about, I should have did the Taekwondo training. No, I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm thinking about, you know what? All right, I bet I better. This is, this is what is expected of me. I have a reason, though. Because I don't run. Because I can't run. And I don't lose. Uh, So I fall back. Undersized. You fight back. Circumstances against you. You fight back. When running isn't an option. You have to fight back. If you're going to get an ass whooping if you don't fight, so you better fight and you better win. No 
cowards. We don't live in a time where any cowards are allowed. If you was okay with being a coward, you can't be a coward anymore. Like, it's over with. It's real now. When you wake up, you are woke. You can't go back to sleep. You know how things really are. You're woke. You can't numb yourself and try to believe that it's not there. You can't just get addicted to turning your brain off so you don't have to deal with the fact that it's there. The fight is happening. And the objective of the one that you are fighting is to turn your brain off. I understand you having a glass of wine or hitting the J to turn your brain down. But if you're trying to turn your brain off, you ain't helping us and you're doing what they want you to do. Have some pride. Everybody you love is in this fight. Fight for what's good. Do what you gotta do to win. In the fight for what is good. I'm so grateful that my mom told me And when he comes down here, you better beat his ass. Verbatim is what she said. Let me know. I don't expect you to not run. I expect for you to go out there, take care of business, and come back in the house. That was sixth grade. That was lit. I mean, that was really lit. And uh, that that fight taught me a lot. I remember my sister been in the garage with like a with like a golf club. Like she really gonna jump in, right? Because every t- every time she's been in a fight, because my sister had mouth and she was pretty, and she's my mom's daughter, so it was a wrap. Anyway, um, but my sister got in some situations, and I was always always there with my sister, like holding it down, not gonna let her. You're not going to let it get beat up. And we ain't have friends like that, like that. So it was like something going on with my sister. I got to be there for it, too. And so all my first interactions I got into probably had a lot to do with my sister. But that's love. Um, I love my sister to death. But it was just uh, it was a day like racism came to our house and wanted to impose its will. And it did not. This all came to my mind after watching this video of these uh, four black guys. They got tied to a table by their handcuffs. They were handcuffed at the hands and at the feet, but they were tied to a table. And this racist cop, the headline said the cop was racist, right? He probably was. He left them there for a white supremacist in prison to come and individually stab each one of the men to death. And it hurt me so bad to watch it 
because I could see these tough guys that are locked up for doing something really bad so we don't care about them or the system that they're trapped in that's literally hell on earth modern slavery the worst no rights.com um I'm sitting here looking at these men because I'm knowing the world don't really give a damn about them and I'm hoping that if this video this heinous video that I hate with everything that's in me for so many reasons people don't understand that when it surfaced as it has that it will have an impact that it, some prison reform will come off of this I read a story just this week about this girl's brother having to go to jail for having like marijuana possession or something like that for the second time you know, because he's not a first time offender he has to do a minimum of five years this kid is like 19 put him in the system for five years he's gonna come out what a man where most people go to college he went to jail he's doomed anyway man so i'm watching this video and i'm just uh, i'm watching this video and and these guys they get attacked by one guy okay he's got a shank of some sort and he's trying to figure out which one they're tied up and he's still a coward he's still they're tied up and he's still playing chicken with him trying to figure out which one to get and they're running each one of them had about eight ten inches of, of pull on the handcuffs and they were running in a circle a chained up circle away from one guy when if they would have decided to move towards the guy They could have kicked him to the ground and kicked him to death and killed him like he deserved to die. They could have still defeated this guy, unified, in chains but unified. They could have still defeated the dude that had the weapon, so he thought. But unity is the most powerful weapon and when you have it, and de- divisiveness is not allowed to, to run rampant and destroy you from the inside, when you're unwilling to be divided and you are united, there is absolutely nothing that you cannot do. But people pride themselves on their divisions. This is what makes me different. This is what makes me not like you. I'm not like you because to admit that I'm like you would mean that we're all the same. And if we're all the same, then we all have the same purpose. But people believe they find their own purpose. No, your purpose finds you. Your purpose is after you. Your purpose chases you and you reject it or accept it. You don't find it. It overcomes you. And it doesn't equal you being famous on Instagram. A famous Instagram real estate agent. A famous Instagram um pig belly scratcher a famous you do not have to be famous to be great and stop trying to make your mediocrity great because you got people chasing and idolizing mediocrity but that's a whole nother story I got so fired up watching that video man I just it made me wonder like why these men probably didn't why did they not have the same thoughts that I'm having right now why is there why was why was their knee jerk reaction not to fight them and win their mom probably didn't tell them and you better go I said but I know their mom 
fear overcame them. It paralyzed them. And it fed them while they were paralyzed to its master, which is terror, which is the devil. And they froze up like, I'm telling you, like, the, what, is it, what is it called? The, uh, the bird, the headbands. Songbirds, mockingbirds. Anyway, the movie with Sandra Bullock directed and Blue Rails, and it's a really good movie. But when you see the people when they take off the blindfolds and they look at the thing, they just they're just in terror. They're just in terror, and they they freeze up, and they forget all the power that they got. They forget all. They forget that they have the numbers. They forget that they have the strength. They forget that they have God on their side. I hope I'm not the only one that really does believe that all things are possible through Christ Jesus, Yeshua. I hope I'm not the only person that believes that. Because people see the video and they just go, that's so sad. They should have never tied them up. And I'm thinking about the power that we have to break chains if we all pull our hardest and away from the chain holder. When we all pull against the chains, the chains cannot stand up to the strength. I don't care, those little handcuffs, that little handcuff metal could not withstand the strength of four men with the power of God God running through them. There's no way. The handcuffs break and they beat that dude to death. Or they let him up and tell him, don't try that again. I don't know what your version of that story ends like, but I think when the white supremacists hear that their mission was not only unsuccessful but they lost a man to four chain cuffed niggers that um, they'll be so terrified and in such terror and fear the thing that they meant to inflict on innocent people that have been proven guilty of a crime that's got them wasting away in a cage like a dog I think uh, I think they might cease to be as um, terror driven as they are I think that they will uh, fight a different fight I think they might see things different I think they might change their behaviors I think they might learn some respect I think they might give up the fight I think unity would come of it amongst the blacks or the Mexicans or the whoever is fighting against whoever is fighting against them. You hope for unity in these things, but you know that people see that and become more divided and they'll say, oh, these guys, there needs to be a race war. Look, killing chained black guys in jail, white supremacists feel empowered. Black people feel like you have to hate all white people, That, but like most white people aren't ignorant enough to agree with a group of ignorant supremacists, right? So breeds division on the outside and we already know there's crazy division on the inside you're basically in a black gang white gang mexican gang asian gang whatever religion gang as soon as you get in there because you need the numbers to survive right 
and then they handcuff you while you're already in jail, hands and feet, four of you together, and let someone come and stab you to death because they have the power to do it. And the guy might get suspended that chained him up and deny any involvement. And then, well, if they can cover it up, that's what it'll be because we can't have it looking like this is what we got going on in here. Anyway, man, I love y'all and um, just wanted to share that with y'all. But the point is, stay unified, man. Try to find common grounds with people. Everybody that I talk to and they think that I think that I'm smart, they want to show me that they're smart too. And then they want to find something for us to disagree on. Like, like I want to live my life being a philosopher and debating against everything that everybody believes and having everyone fight against what I believe to show that they can't be convinced that what I'm saying is true not fighting against me you're fighting against you if you believe me and you don't act on what you just said you believe then you are your own critic you are your own um you're being hypocritical to yourself you've done nothing wrong by me and you've not done anything right by me by agreeing with me but showing that you have right thinking which would make me care about what you think more the simplest things people have to tell you that you're not right on you know you're right Because it's not about something that you could be wrong about. There's right and wrong. There's a situation. And you can't be wrong about doing what's right. Recommending what's right. Thinking what's right. Not what you feel is right. But what is actually right. What is actually good. Unity, 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 unity. That is what we need. Unity. I love you guys. Peace.